You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Yes. Um, we have just had a crazy week, a crazy couple of weeks. Yeah. I was telling you this, but I've been officially losing my mind. Mm-hmm. So over this weekend, so like I usually don't carry a purse, but um, this weekend I did. Usually I just carry my little wallet, but this weekend I carried a purse and I lost it not once. <laughs> But twice. (laughs) So that was a great start. Today, Mm -hmm. I just completely missed my tea stop. (laughs) And I had this moment of panic. Like, luckily, they're close enough that either way, it's similar. But I was like, I missed it. Like, I was reading a book. I was Mm -hmm. so involved and happy. But I feel like... It's Things a, yeah. are slipping through yeah. the cracks. I feel like if I didn't live at the end of the red line, I would miss my stuff all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like it just would happen. Yeah. I'm never paying attention. I know. I'm always in my own little yeah. world. Even when we get to Alewife, sometimes I'm like sitting there for a minute and everyone's gone. I'm like, oh, I guess I should probably get <laughs> I guess off. It's time. <laughs> yeah. So that's how my week's um, going. But it's been an exciting week as well. Yeah. So we have our event coming up in LA later this week on Saturday, which yes. is crazy. Yes. We can't believe it. Yes. We're so excited. Um, the final details are coming together and we're just so pumped. We are. And if you haven't bought your ticket yet, you still can. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a link in our bio and um, where else? Um, yeah, so the link is in our bio. You can find us on Eventbrite, on Conscious City Guide, basically anywhere. All of the things. Yeah. So get your tickets. It's an awesome goodie bag, mm-hmm. um, especially the VIP. There's yeah. so many things in yeah, there. Yeah, it's like worth $300, not even kidding. There's yeah. a $100 gift card to Beyond Yoga and the VIP. There's a $50 one in the regular gift bag. Yeah. Um, like free sessions for um, different places around L.A. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's such a good, good yeah. bag. So we're excited. Mm-hmm. We're, we have been planning this for so long. It's been in the works for mm-hmm. so long and it's so good that it's finally here. Mm-hmm. Just a flight in between yeah. us and meeting you guys. So we're so excited. Yeah, so pumped. And we've definitely felt like imposter syndrome yes. for sure, especially yes. the last couple of weeks, but we're slowly getting over that. Yeah. Um, and we just, I mean, we're so grateful that we have the opportunity to do this, first of all. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was just an idea like six months ago yeah. and now it's actually happening yeah. is so cool. Yeah. I feel like now it's just excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. Um, and we just celebrated our one yes, year that podcast was the other anniversary. Thing. This is what I mean. My mind <laughs> is like 15 different places, but we celebrated our one year anniversary um, and it's just crazy. It hasn't mm-hmm. sunk in yet. I don't know if no. you feel the same. Yeah, no, it really hasn't. On Sunday, we spent the day at the pool relaxing yeah. with our husbands and a friend, and it was just such, it was a perfect day to just yeah. kind of, like, kind of step away from work a little bit. Um, but yeah, it still doesn't feel like it's yeah. been a full year. Yeah, I feel like we crazy. need a real... Not that that wasn't real, Mm -hmm. but I want to be in the mindset to fully appreciate and enjoy it. And right now, I feel like things are still going Mm -hmm. a million miles a minute. So I want to, in the next few weeks, definitely Mm -hmm. do something. And that's another part of like the thing that we talk about with owning your successes. It's like actually taking the time Mm -hmm. to, you know, just celebrate yourself and not only acknowledging it, but just, yeah, having like a night out or go to dinner and not talk about work, which we probably will talk about the podcast. We didn't yesterday though, for the most part. Yeah. There were a few times, but for the most part we stayed off topic. Yeah. And I feel like everyone needs that. Mm -hmm. It's super 
healthy, I think, mm-hmm. to disconnect. And, like, how many times at the end of the week do you look back to be like, oh, I accomplished X, Y, and Z? Right. For me, it's always like, okay, so now I have X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z to do. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, having that Yeah, no, that's that a time. good point. Yeah. 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 We need to be better at that. Yeah. But we will. We, we will work on it. Yes. Um, so today's podcast guest is someone that we've been wanting to have on forever. Um, the topic is also something that we wrote down at the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, of starting the podcast yeah. a year ago. Yep. We made a whole list of kind of the topics we wanted to talk about. And so this has been on the list. Um, and we've just been waiting to find the, the perfect person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Erin Claire stepped in. Yeah, We found her and I can't imagine doing the episode with anyone else. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah. It, she has such an interesting background and just mm-hmm. knows so much about human design. So we'll get into all of that in the episode. I can't even pretend that I'm an expert to summarize mm-hmm. everything that we talk about, but if you've ever heard of human design or been curious about it, this is your episode. We go into our personal design types. So if you look yours up after the episode or during the episode, mm-hmm. you can kind of follow along. I feel like our types are pretty common more Mm -hmm. common than some of the other ones so you can follow along that way um and it was just also super interesting to hear about human design in a corporate Mm -hmm. setting and in that perspective so I loved this episode yeah me too this has been is one of my favorites for sure so we hope that you learn a lot as well um I am sure gonna listen to the episode again um and go over what Erin told us about ourselves about working together Mm -hmm. um and yeah if you have any questions we'd love to talk about it in our secret Facebook group it's the super exclusive detox and chill Facebook group which we're almost at like 200 yeah so exciting which is crazy yes or you can go to our website detoxandchillpodcast.com slash join Mm -hmm. um, and it'll take you right to the Facebook group so um, a couple of ways to get there as always please review rate Mm -hmm. and review on Mm -hmm. iTunes Stitcher wherever you listen to this podcast Um, and sorry to our Stitcher people for a couple months we didn't realize (laughs) that it was like not showing up so it's there now it's fixed um yeah we're so excited for this week (laughs) yeah enjoy the episode we love you guys bye so we're so excited to have erin claire jones on the podcast today um and we'll get into all of this but she is a human design guide and a leadership coach and she's also the director of operations at the assemblage in new york so wears a ton of hats Um, But thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast tonight. We're so excited to dive into this topic. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so I feel like for me, at least, human design has been like, as soon as I found out about human design, I was instantly like, okay, I need to learn more. And then I was like looking into like programs to to, like become like, you were all in. I was all in. And then I was like, (laughs) wait a second, I already have like five jobs. So I probably should not (laughs) try and do this. Um, And I should just listen to other people talk about it. Um, So, kind of walk us through your story and how you got um, involved with human design and how you made it into your job. Yeah, well, it's been quite a journey. Um, I was introduced to human design about four years ago, and I basically met somebody that introduced me to the system like at a party. We were literally sitting in the corner, and he pulled up my human design chart on his phone and just started like telling me all the things. And I just remember it resonating on like such a deep level because I felt like he was really sharing things that I really intuitively knew about myself, but I just like hadn't given myself permission to really step into. And so that was like really what kind of like unlocked it. And then I I just like, once I got more exposure to the system and the potential to kind of use it in business and with teams and in leadership and just like in life, I was just like totally sold. Um, And yeah, it's been like a wild journey. You know, I built a company around human design with someone else for a year and a half. And then um, I've had my own practice now for the past year and a half. Um, And the assemblage has been definitely a big part of that journey. Um, The assemblage is is an amazing co-working, co-living social space in New York City. Um, And the founders were like so into human design. So I met them when I had my first company um, and they brought me on to curate all the programming in the spaces. Um, But I've also, a large part of my role has been doing human design for all the internal teams at the assemblage and for all the members. Um, So it's been amazing to kind of see it accepted and integrated at like such a big institution. So 
it's been exciting. Um, I am actually stepping down from the assemblage next week. Um, so I can talk about yeah. Well, I'm sure it's bittersweet. I it's should bitter, say. It's, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it's been like so amazing to do all the things, but like, I just don't have the capacity to do that in addition to my human design practice anymore. Um, and so I'm really excited and it's honestly been such a powerful platform for me. So I'm really so grateful for the space and for the founders, just like literally supporting me in human design, like from the very beginning when I just started. Yeah, that's so cool. So for our listeners who don't know anything about human design or have kind of like a base knowledge of it, Mm -hmm. can you kind of expand into what human design is, why it's so important and why, like, at least for me, I feel like among, you know, like the Myers-Briggs and the, I don't know, all the other personality tests you can take, I feel like human design is really boiled down to like your innate, like, Mm. just who you are as Mm -hmm. a person. But can you explain that to us? Yes, of course. So human design is based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And if you do want to look yours up now, um, you can look it up on my website, which is erinclairjones.com slash lookup, just in case you want to follow along. Um, But in essence, human design really gives us our energetic DNA. So it helps us understand how we are each uniquely designed to operate in the world. And like more specifically around how we're each designed to make decisions, communicate, you know, how we can like overcome our shadows, leverage our strengths, how we really work best with people, the kind of environments that we work well in. Um, and so it just gives us this like really sort of basic and tactical information about like how we really are designed to flow and really feel the best. And I think what's so magical about human design is that like, there are basically 2 billion different configurations. So even though you might have like a similar design to somebody else, like you really are so unique. And so human design is really just a tool to kind of help us each step into that uniqueness. That's so cool. And I feel like I definitely have more of a baseline knowledge. So I'm curious, like, where did it come from? What's like what's yeah. the history on it? Because I, I, it sounds somewhat similar to astrology, but I obviously know it's so different with just having the you know, the four different um, design types, but where did it come from? So it's a crazy story. So there was this guy, his name was initially Alan, and he was an advertising executive in Montreal. And then he like went on his own journey and ended up in Ibiza. And while he was there, had a very mystical experience where he was walking home one day and heard a voice. And the voice was like, it's time to work. And so for basically eight days and eight nights, he channeled the system Um, and then really spent the next 20 years building it out. And the idea is that it really is kind of the first system of its kind because it combines a lot of existing systems. So when you look at the human design chart, it's like pulling together aspects of the Kabbalah, of astrology, of the I Ching, of quantum physics, of genetics, of biochemistry, like all into this one master system to really give us a blueprint to how we operate. You know, I think like something to note there is like a lot of my work is actually like with um, teams as well, you know, so like I walk in and like ask people for their birth information, which I know is like a little bit wonky. Um, (laughs) And, but I think what's so magical about human design is that like, I really don't think it has to be a belief system. Like, I think it's really just a tool we can use to kind of help us find our flow and like you know when I'm with people I'm like you know you don't have to believe any of this but like when I often start sharing about somebody's design it like resonates on such a cellular level that they're like I don't actually care where it come from where it came from like it's just that what matters is that like it resonates and it's helping me now and so it definitely has very mystical origins it's not really something that came from the human brain but I think that is part of its power because what it's revealing is our energetics it's like revealing stuff that's like deep beneath the surface Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Because when I first heard about human design, and I looked at my birth chart, as I was reading, I was like, wow, this is me, but without all of like the outside influences of, you know, like, work with friends with all of that, like, this is who I truly feel that I am. And like, this is backing that up where for so long, I was like, is this who I am? I, like, mm-hmm. is this who I want to be like, this mm-hmm. feeling of like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I wasn't really sure if that was actually real or not, or if it's something that I made up in my head. (laughs) And then when I got my, when I saw my birth chart and was reading through, I was like, holy crap. Like this, I need, I need to like trust this. Yeah. This is really resonating. Like you said. Yeah. And there's like, it's so funny. I often will have sessions where people will be like, what you're telling me is like really reminding me of how I showed up when I was a child, Mm -hmm. like of how I showed up before there was all this conditioning of like how I was supposed to operate and like what path I was supposed Mm -hmm. to take. And it really is just, there's a real sense of relief because I think like 
we often spend a lot of our lives trying to be a lot of things that we're not. And so human design is just like the simplest tool, I believe, to really just like bring us back to who we are. Um, and often we don't like see ourselves as that unique. And then we hear those things and we're like, oh, that really is like just me. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. my design. That's not actually everybody. Totally. And can we get into, so kind of like a high level. So maybe if you were taking this into a group that mm-hmm. might be a little skeptical, a little <laughs> unsure of of what human design is, um, can we give just a background on the different types and yeah, what those mean? Yes. So in human design, there are, there's like, some people say four types, some people say five types. Um, but I generally go with five types and that's the highest level distinction. And then again, it gets a lot more specific from there. And so basically 70% of the population are either generators or manifesting generators. And so these are basically the people that really have like the energy and the life force to kind of like build and create and bring things to life. And the most important thing for both of these types is that they're really doing work that is deeply satisfying to them. They're kind of designed to like wake up each morning with like a full tank of energy to use that energy in super satisfying ways and then like crash and wake up recharged. But if they haven't really fully used their energy, they might like go to bed and be like a little bit depleted or just like restless because they haven't used their energy in a way that feels good. Um, and the difference between the two is manifesting generators tend to move very quickly. They tend to be very like multi-passionate, have their energy in a lot of things at once, pivot quickly from one thing to another. Um, and so those, so again, the most important thing for both of those people is just that, is that they're really doing work that is deeply satisfying to them, or at least using their energy in a way that feels really good. And then about 20% of the population are projectors. Um, projectors really don't have that same consistent access to energy as generators or manifesting generators do. Their energy tends to operate better in spurts. It's so key for them to take a lot of time to rest. You know, the founder of human design would always joke in a very serious way that projectors were meant to work like three hours a day mm-hmm. and like spend the rest of their time like honing their craft. And whenever I say that to projectors, they're like, oh my God, what a dream. Um, <laughs> but yeah, projectors, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But projectors are really here to be kind of like advisors and leaders and guides and teachers for others like their gift is really in understanding people and what makes them tick and so it's really about kind of finding a craft or finding a modality that really allows them to understand that like really understand people and kind of help people in that way because if they're brought into a company and expected to operate like a generator they're often not going to be very good at it they're often much better managers than they are actually the doers um and then about nine percent of the population are manifestors Um, And these are the people that are really here to kind of like initiate and get things started. The most important thing for these people is that they really have kind of like the freedom and autonomy to do what they want. Like they're really not here to like be controlled or told what to do or manage in any way. So like they often work really well on their own, but like if they're going to work in a company to kind of like have their own domain and just like have the freedom to really do their thing. You know, I worked with a manifester this week who's like, like they're micromanaging every 15 minutes of her schedule at her new job. And she's just like, you know, it's just like so intolerable for her. Um, cause that's just not really how like her creative energy is designed to flow. Um, and then about 1% of the population are reflectors, which are these very unique beings and super wise beings that basically take in everything in their environment and mirror it back. And so when you know who those people are, that they're part of a company or community, like you really get a sense of the health of that place just based on how that person's showing up. Um, because their identity is kind of changing all the time. Like over the course of a month, they're going to have periods of feeling more like a manifester, more like a manifesting generator, more like a projector. Um, and the most important thing for these people is that they kind of adapt that flexibility sorry they kind of accept that flexibility in their identity but also that they really choose to be in physical spaces and in communities that really feel good because they're taking in so much in their environment so they just need to make sure it's actually in their right space and that they're actually taking in the right stuff Mm -hmm. that's so interesting and like just listening through that I mean I've heard a few of these things before and like thinking to what I am I'm like yes that's so true (laughs) Um, so I would love to know, like you talked about the conversation that you had four years ago where you were introduced to it. Um, what did you find out that you were and kind of what part of that, um, you know, made you want to do this all the time? (laughs) Do it all the time. That's a great question. (laughs) It's like a big commitment to be like introduced to a system and then be like, okay, this is my life now. Right. Um, (laughs) So... Okay, so two pieces. So when I first met him, the my first teacher who introduced me to human design and the guy at the party, he basically told me three pieces. So for those familiar with human design, I'm a projector. 
And he basically said, you know, Aaron, you really aren't here to do the initiating. Like your strategy is all about waiting for recognition and an invitation before engaging. And this is going to actually be true for all projectors. And like I had spent so much of my life like pushing my way into things. And I just like experienced resistance when I did. And so there was this like real sense of like um, just like relief and and like excitement that like it really was about kind of allowing things to come to me. And my job was really just about making myself available for the invitations. Um, he also shared that as a projector, like I really wasn't designed to like go, go, go or hustle or like schedule my day back to back like crazy, but like really about like, you know, advising, leading, guiding, like just like finding a much more sort of efficient way to use my energy and not pushing myself like crazy um, all the time. And like I came from a world of startups in New York City and was like just prided myself on my ability to hustle, but also like totally burnt out because of it. So mm. to be like just exposed to the fact that another way was possible was really exciting. And then the third piece he shared, and this is true for people that are emotional in human design and we haven't gotten into that, but that basically is everyone's designed to make decisions differently. And so mine is really all about my emotional process. So he was like, Aaron, you really aren't designed to make decisions in the moment or impulsively. You really are designed to kind of really give yourself time to feel into things and like really kind of ride out your emotional way before you jump into something. And like, I had just been making decisions like under pressure for my whole life and just felt like, oh, I got to like decide now. And this was just like, oh my God, I can actually like take a second because like it's going to change over time. And so I can't commit before I really have that clarity. Um, so I think those pieces just like on an individual level, like just were so resonant and actually were so far away from the way I was operating. And then I think in addition, like when he started to really show me how this could be applied in business and how you could really engineer teams based on human design and like really help kind of create more empathy and collaboration and just productivity in business by just like helping people understand that we're all really different and like um, giving them specifics around how to kind of work better together. I was just like totally sold because I think that I had came, I had come from a world of very cool startups, but also very dysfunctional ones where it was like a lot of amazing people, but they just like did not know how to work together. And so I could see, I saw the application of this so clearly. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that like, I feel like most corporate jobs are so one size fits all where like something like human design really makes you take a step back and think about like people work differently and you have to kind of accept them for who they are and where their strengths lie. And I just feel like if we could apply that knowledge in the corporate world and have more trust in people that they'll get their work done whenever is most productive for them, whenever they feel like they're most in their flow, like imagine mm -hmm. all of the creative and like inspiring totally. things that could happen. It's just crazy. The world we live in. <laughs> yeah. And like, and that's part of why I was so excited about its application of business is because like a lot of us spend like our days working, you know, and like in yeah. jobs and like when we're in jobs where we can't actually really fulfill our potential or we aren't really being recognized, it can be really challenging, you know? And like, it was so cool kind of building out this team of us at the assemblage because, you know, like when it started, it was just me. And then I got to build out a team of nine people mm -hmm. and, you know, like really understanding their human design and like knowing how to manage them based on that was like, so wild, you know, just one like very tactical example is that like, you know, two of the people that I hired were manifestors. Um, and, and I only actually had one generator on my team for a while. And like, we really needed him to be physically present in meetings for us to kind of really get things done. Cause mm -hmm. he brought this like amazing generative energy. And like, whenever he came in, we were always like, Oh, okay, let's do everything. And, you know, like, <laughs> so much energy. and like, it was just so, I just, it was so cool to like, for us to all the language around it. Yeah. Um, and we could also see like there were people that would last on the team, people that wouldn't. And we look at that dynamic and it was like so clear that like, oh yeah, like you can see who's going to make it and who's not. And it's not like that anything is wrong with them or with us. It's more just like sometimes the energetics just like are going to function together. And like you can actually see that before somebody joins the team. Yeah, I imagine you like in an, in an interview being like, so where were exactly. you born? What date? What time? <laughs> exactly. I know. I mean, I worked with teams to use it in hiring, which I know sounds like a little bit crazy, but like, it's not that first someone needs to first meet the qualifications for the role, you know, but then really looking and being like, okay, how does this person best fit in? Like, how do, you know, how do we work together? How like, would this person work with other people on my team? Like, it just, it really gives us um, so much information about like how that team can really function at its best. Yeah, definitely. I've, I'm looking like thinking back to 
my hiring process with the current the company that I'm currently with. And I remember we had to take it was like this super long kind of aptitude test to even get an interview. Mm-hmm. And just seeing like if they would have just put a human design like <laughs> test in there, I would have been like, this is amazing. Yeah. And they would have found out probably so much more information. Um, but you mentioned, right. <laughs> but you well, mentioned, yeah. oh, sorry. What was that? Well, and I just wanted to say quickly is that yeah. like, I think the, like all those tests when we're like answering questions based on like who we think we are, who we yes. start to be like, it just changes over time. Like, so you know, and like when you're answering it, like in the context of a job, like you're answering it based on aspiration. And so like yes. what I love about human design is that it gets us out of our minds. And it's just like, this is actually just like more around your like energetics and it's, it's helpful to not have to like assess it ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And to that point, so I was just talking to my father-in-law this last weekend about human design because we had you coming up. So we were chatting about it and he had never heard of it. So I was kind of explaining it to the best of my knowledge. Um, And so I, you know, put in his birthday and everything, got his birth chart. And I was kind of reading to him what um, he was a, a manifesting generator. And so I was going through everything And he was like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know if I'm that, you know, and like kind of skeptical. Um, And I was like, hold on. Like, (laughs) you need to strip away everything that you think you are, everything that you've kind of been conditioned to be and get back, like you said before, like get back to where you were like as a kid, like Mm -hmm. instinctually, like what do you do? And then as he was thinking about it, he was like, oh, yeah, this now Mm -hmm. this makes sense. Yeah. so I find that I find that so interesting. And you mentioned before too that other than the five types, you can go deeper. So let's talk about that process and how that all plays out. Yeah, and I think I think one thing I often have people come to me and they're like, I thought I'm a projector, I'm a manifester, like I hate it, you know. And so like, <laughs> you know, and so like it really is like it's just like the first piece of the puzzle. And like I think there's a lot of information out there that isn't you know, it's just like, you've got to find what resonates with you and find the teachers that resonate with you because some of it can be like a little bit like foreboding or it can make people like feel weird about their design. And so often like, yeah, people just like need it translated in a way that they can really hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of how it goes, I mean, it goes deeper in endless ways, but I think another really important piece is basically like every type has a strategy, which I didn't mention, but each of those five types has a strategy, which is around how they're kind of designed to kind of cultivate opportunities and relationships for themselves and also everyone has a very unique way of making decisions and like assessing whether or not something is correct for them yeah that's a that's a really interesting piece and something that I like have a hard time wrapping my head around I feel like so Mm -hmm. can we go deeper into that like yeah how can we apply that strategy yeah if we're just like if we're just finding out about our human design totally so the strategy for generators and manifesting generators is to wait to respond, which mm-hmm. I know is going to sound like a little bit um, probably different than how some people have been operating. Um, but I think the idea behind that strategy is that instead of having an idea and immediately being like, I'm going to go initiate and create that thing immediately, it's actually about allowing life to come to you and to really trigger a gut response before you like put your energy into something. Cause you kind of just like need that response to be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually like have the energy for this. And this is actually the right thing for me. And like, it's not an invitation. It's basically like anything outside of you. It can be like a phone call, a text message, like something you see on the street, but like anything that triggers that response, you're like, Oh my God, yes, I want to do that. And so, but for people that are emotional, it basically that you're, if you're a manifesting generator or a generator, your decision-making is either going to be around your gut response or your emotions. The difference is the people with a gut response can make decisions in the moment. Um, and the people that are emotional, like actually it's best for the big decisions for them to really give themselves time to kind of sleep on things and feel into things before they jump in. Um, does that make sense? The waiting to respond? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Cool. And it's just like, again, it's really just one tool that can be used there is like having people ask you questions to kind of access that response. So, you know, for me, like for my people that I work with or my partner, instead of asking him open-ended questions of like, you know, where do you want to go? Or what do you want to do? Being like, do you want to go here? Do you want to do this? Like, do you want salmon? Do you want sushi? Like things that like allow him to respond from a more visceral place. I'd be like, yes, I want that. No, I don't, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's really just about kind of giving these people like things to respond to. Yeah. Yeah, so that's then, super okay. interesting. Yeah. I was just going to say that's so interesting. 
Yeah. And I think that it, so I think that, um, the work in terms of applying that in their daily life is like for both of these types to really kind of pay attention to what they're naturally responding to. So like, what are the things that are like naturally lighting them up and kind of engaging them throughout the day? Like, what are the things that they're feeling physically drawn towards? And like, what are the things that they feel like a little bit just like contraction to contraction away from, or just like kind of uncomfortable, um, and just kind of paying attention to those, like, again, visceral responses, because it might not always align with your mind. You might be like, wow, I really think I should do this job, take this job because like it checks all the boxes, but your body is just like a clear, like, no, this doesn't feel right. And so, so much of human design is actually surrendering ourselves and like getting out of our heads and into our bodies to actually know what's right for us. And so you might be like, this thing feels right. I have no idea why, but like, I trust later down the road, I'll discover why. Um, so then for projectors, the strategy is all about waiting for recognition and an invitation. So again, rather than like really initiating their way into things, it's kind of waiting to be invited in and waiting to feel really authentically recognized because projectors tend to have this very kind of focused and penetrating energy and like people just have to be ready for them, you know? And so the work for projectors in terms of how to bring it into your daily life is like, it's really, how can you make yourself available to be recognized? Like, how can you make yourself visible? It's not about like sitting on a couch and being like, when am I going to be invited in? You know, it's really about like, how can you share about what you're doing in a very authentic way? And then the people that are attracted to it will come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that can be my experience is like, I was like kind of targeting people and like initiating things. And now it's like, Oh, I'm just going to like share about what I'm doing in a really broad way. And like, it's not about like pushing myself onto anyone or anything. It's just like being very authentic in that. And then the people will come. And mm-hmm. for projectors, it's never also about like, you know, one of my clients today is like, I feel so uncomfortable like selling. Like mm-hmm. for him, it was really about like, how can he just like talk about what he's doing, you know? And like, that's what draws people in and like attracts them. And they're like, okay, what are you doing? Like, how can I be part of it? Rather than him being like, I'm going to try to like market this to you and sell this to you because that can be a little bit intense if it's like not coming from that kind of just like authentic and excited place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, does that all make sense so far? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is really helpful. I feel like just reading it when it first yeah, yeah. Up, I'm like, wait, how? What does this mean? So having you explain yeah, yeah, yeah. it is really helpful. I know. I like tell people to look up their design and then they're like, okay, but now what? Like it makes right. zero sense. You look <laughs> at like this crazy media. chart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then manifestors. Um, so manifestors, their strategy is all about initiating and informing. So they're they actually the only type that's really here to kind of like initiate and make things happen. Like they're here to kind of be this like initiating like provocative force and to really get things started. Um, their strategy is really about informing. And so what I mean by that is like once they decide that like they want to initiate something and bring something to life, the strategy is to really reflect on like who are all the people that decision is going to impact and how can you like make sure you let them all know? Because the idea is if you're not informing, that can like create some resistance. You know, like um, manifestors do have this very kind of powerful impact forceful energy and so people like don't feel like they're like being clued in on what's going on like they can like be very resistant to it or like very kind of just like like threatened by it and Mm -hmm. so the informing is just a tool to kind of like allow the manifestor to manifest with a lot more ease Mm -hmm. and again with the idea with the initiating is the idea is if you aren't going to like initiate it often won't happen as easily for you and like again you know manifestors are nine percent of the population so like we live in a world where most of us are trying to operate like generators. And so I work with a lot of manifestors where who like don't haven't done much initiating and don't really believe that they like have the power to really do that. Um, so it really takes practice to kind of come back into that because like when you do initiate, like rejection is going to come. It's not like you're going to initiate everything and it's going to be, you know, all pan out for you, but it's more just like knowing that you really are the one to make the first move. Um, so just kind of practicing that and really honing that tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then reflectors, um, their strategy is, you know, similar to projectors, it's kind of waiting to be like recognized and invited and initiated in, but they also have a very unique way of making decisions where they're really designed to kind of wait. Like the ideal is like a full 30 days before they like commit to something. Wow. Um, not I know I always think it's nuts and then I mention it to reflectors and they're like, I know it's crazy. Right. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, but like, it's basically because they have this experience where over the course of a month, they're going to have so many different feelings and like sort of experiences in their body. They're kind of just like sampling what it means to be a projector and a generator and all those things that like, it's hard to decide in the moment, you know? And like I had a client recently who 
she was so funny. She's like, you know, she was a reflector and she's like, I met this guy and he was a photographer. And I was like, oh my God, like, that's my career. I'm going to become a photographer. Like, that's it. And then she was like, I was all in for three weeks. And at the end of the three weeks, I was like, okay, I'm good. Moving on to the next thing, you know? (laughs) And so like, it just actually takes that amount of time to really like fully sample it. And then just kind of wait for that, like sudden knowing inside that it really is the correct thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Should we, I'm just looking at the time and I'm like, I know that I've looked this up, I know, (laughs) but I would love to, if, um, if we can get into my and Beck's human design and kind of go through that, um, I think it'd be really cool to see our differences and how Mm -hmm. we work together. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, um, so Beck, you're a manifester and Meg, you're a manifesting generator. Um, and so, you know, those are very different types, but it's, you guys both have just like a lot of power and a lot of energy and a lot of life for us. I think like, and you both, you know, what's amazing about both of your designs, there's a lot of um, harmony in that like you guys are both emotional. So even though you're different types, your decision making is both around like really giving yourself time to make decisions and like really giving yourself time to really feel into things and get emotionally clear before you jump into something. And so it's nice to kind of have that resonance, you know, because sometimes it can be hard when like one partner is like, okay, I'm ready. I'm like making decisions like that. And the other partner is like, I need a little bit more time. Um, Do you guys feel like you take your time when you make decisions? Yeah, it depends on what it is, but I feel like, yeah, we both have to kind of sit on it for a little bit and then we usually come to the answer at the same time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, And so for you, Meg, you know, so in human design, there are different kind of like channels, which are just, um, they're basically these lines that connect one center to another. And those are just like indicators of our strengths. And so you have one, Meg, that I love. It's like all about like just following your feelings. Mm-hmm. And basically what I mean by that is, is like, like only really doing things when you're in the mood. And so like when you're yes. not in the mood, you know, when you're not in the mood to like eat or not in the mood to be in a meeting or not in the mood to like record a podcast, like just honoring that because like, it's this amazing ability to have this like very powerful kind of social impact on people when you're like on your emotional high, but like, it's kind of the opposite when you're on your low, you know? And so yeah, like, I'm laughing I, because that is like, so true. we were just talking about this the other day. I was like, I'm that person who will like go out when I don't want to, but oh just like sit don't. in the corner and not talk yeah. to anyone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like, it's just, you know, and someone I work with, like had this and it was so interesting because sometimes she would just like, so not be in the mood for a meeting and I'd be in the meeting. I'd be like, we're going to stop this because like, <laughs> yeah. it's just not going to work if you're not like actually... Um, if, it, if it's just not the right time in your emotional wave. So yeah, I would just encourage you to really honor that. So when you're not feeling like going out, just like chilling because you are actually like, it's a very social strength. Like you are here to have such an impact through like your words and what you share, but it requires that you're like feeling like very charming and on the high of your emotional wave. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a very interesting strength that you have, which is all around like innovation and, and transformation. And it can show up sometimes as this pressure to like really transform yourself um, and you know, the people around you and all of that. And the most important piece with this one is the energy that kind of operates in a pulse. And what I mean by that is it might feel like there are periods in your life where like nothing is happening and nothing is happening. And then like the pulse hits and everything happens. And so it's just kind of like learning to really accept and surrender to that flow. Um, rather than feeling like this need to like kind of push when it feels like things are actually not naturally flowing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It totally does. I feel like I've definitely been in one of those pulses for like yeah. the past year. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah. It's just like, it's a thing to really surrender to. Um, and you know, rather than like fighting it. Um, and so then Becca, come a couple of your strengths, you know, and you have, it's so interesting looking at your design because you know, when you look at a human design chart, and I realize there'll be some people listening who've never looked at it, is that there are going to be nine different centers. And each of those centers is either going to be colored in, which basically means it's something in your design that's really operating in a very consistent and reliable way, or it's going to be white, which basically means that that is the area where you are the most vulnerable to kind of really taking in influences from the environment around you and places where you can get very taken off track. So for you, Beck, you have eight of your nine centers colored in and defined, and you only have one white and open center. 
Which solid. <laughs> so solid. Like, honestly, I have seven colored in, you know, so I'm not so far away. Um, but it's just like a lot of energy and a lot of life force there. And the one center where you're open is like, like I said, it's the areas where we could be very wise, but also where we can get very taken off track. And so for that, the shadow of that center is all about like um, sometimes being like a little bit overzealous and like um, taking on too much and like really kind of pers- pushing through your fatigue to kind of try to get things done. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so like, you know, and it's like a, it can show up sometimes you can be around a lot of people and get like super energized and super buzzed up and then pull away and be like, wow, I'm actually exhausted. Um, and so like really learning how to kind of just like manage your inconsistent energy, because even though you have this super powerful energy, like it, you're designed to really work in spurts and you have this like amazing strength around kind of just like marketing and sales and like kind of using your, just like using your intuition to sell, like using your intuition to kind of message things in a way that people can really hear. That's but how yeah it's so funny I was like did this for the sales team at the assemblage and literally everybody on the sales team had this strength which is like the strength of sales and marketing wow. I was like that is just crazy you know but I think yeah. but what's so interesting about that strength is that like you actually have the energy and the ability to like, kind of accomplish a lot more in a compressed period of time than most people can in an entire day oh yep you know, and so for you, like being in a day job where you're like supposed to be creating like outputting stuff for like eight hours is probably not going to feel the best. Like for yeah. you, it's actually best to kind of like work for three hours, <laughs> kill it and then like chill, you know, and then when you have the energy and feel inspired again, like get back to it. Um, I was working with two co-founders recently where it was so funny because one of them had the strength and she was a projector and she would like go into the office and like just, you know, go create a lot in three hours and then she's like okay I'm leaving and her co-founder was like what is going on like why aren't you here the whole day she's like no no I did my thing you know like now I'm out and like that is definitely that was so aligned with her design so again it's so helpful to understand the design of the people you work with so you can like really give them that permission rather than be like but that doesn't fit into the box I was trying to create for you right um does that resonate with you that ability for sure yeah Um, yeah being at work for eight hours is a real struggle for me because I feel like I like you said like I I get in I'm like super energized I get all of this stuff done and then I'm like oh well now what am I gonna do unless it's like a crazy busy day but yeah I definitely feel that on a deep deep level (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because I for a lot of people that have this like I hear that where they're like okay I like really do a lot in the first couple hours and then I just like mess around for the rest of the day because like I'm done, Yeah, you know? Um, and so what else was I going to share? So I think for you, you know, in terms of your strategy, like one thing to be aware of back is like, I don't know what the communication is like between the two of you, but like, because your strategy is really about informing, just like so actively letting, um, letting Meg know about like what you're going to do when you do it, you know? So like not running off by yourself and just like not communicating. So as much as you can, <laughs> Running away. (laughs) Just letting her know. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because again, and the thing is like a lot of our strategies in human design are actually designed to be pretty natural, but informing is not designed to be natural. It's Mm -hmm. actually just like a skill that you really have to hone because it really is designed to kind of just make your process a little bit easier. Yeah. I definitely felt that like in my personal life too. I tend to just kind of like get caught up in things and then I forget to tell like my mom stuff. And then she's like, you had like, you, you like didn't even tell me about like, we'll be going on vacation and I'll be planning. Like I'll be telling her that like, oh yeah, like we're going out of the country. She's like, when, like, why why didn't you tell me? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then also another tool back is that in terms of, so Meg has a very strong gut response. And so, and she's designed to really give herself time to like really feel into things. But, you know, for you to ask her very specific questions, like I mentioned earlier, to kind of help access her gut response. So instead of asking those open-ended questions of like, you know, what do you think we should do? Like, who do you think we should have on? Be like, are you excited about this person? Like, does doing this feel correct to you? Like, do you want to eat this? Like, just like asking her specific (laughs) questions where she can just be like, you know what? That feels great. Or you know what? Like, no part of me wants to do that. Yep. Okay. Um, how does that feel to you, Meg? No, that feels that. Yeah, I think that's totally right. I think 
sometimes I can get overwhelmed, even stuff like picking a restaurant or I don't know, there's stupid stuff in my day to day life, even with my husband, where I'm just like, I don't know, but you need to pick because I'm just like too overwhelmed by all the prospects. I've definitely heard you say that before, too. Like, I don't know, you pick. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, and you also have this very like open mind and like, and basically what that means is you have like so many different inspirations and ideas, but it can be like a little bit overwhelming sometimes, you know, and so like it can be, it's important to kind of not allow those whims of your mind to like govern where your energy goes and just like getting really clear on like these are the most important things. Yeah. And then the last piece I'll share about the two of you is so you both, so in human design, everyone's going to have a profile. And the profile is like really how we're here to kind of manifest our purpose. And there are 12 different profiles and you guys have the same one, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, again, just another point of harmony in terms of just like when you have the same one, there's just like a resonance, you know, like there's just like an understanding. And so you, the profile that you both share is like all around, there are two components to it. One is that you guys are both really here to kind of be investigators. And what I mean by that is like, it's so so me, I can't even handle it. (laughs) (laughs) So what I mean by that is that it's like so key for you guys to like, really like understand things. Like it's not enough to just like know that something works. Like you have to go like super deep into the details. Like you have to build a very secure foundation and just like really understand all of it, you know? So it's probably not going to be satisfying to like kind of lightly understand a few things. Like you really need to like understand the details. Um, and so that's like a fun process that you guys can go and do together. And like, I always laugh because this is like the opposite of my profile. Like I just like once I know something works, I'm like, great, perfect. We're good. (laughs) My partner has the one three. And so he's just like, I don't understand. He's like, I need to like literally take everything apart and put it back together again. Um, And then the three piece. So the, the other part of your profile is all around kind of like just being in this like constant process of discovery and of trial and error. And so you guys are like really meant to just like figure out what works and what doesn't work by just like bumping into things, making mistakes, like just like learning as you go. It's all about like just sort of becoming very adaptable and resilient through that process. And again, never about like making yourself wrong for making mistakes, just like knowing that mistakes are really part of your process. And it's really by making mistakes that you can kind of learn and then like share those learnings with the people that follow you and kind of with the people around you. Yep. Definitely have experienced that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny too. I feel like even the investigator piece, like I think that translates to why we're always so fascinated by our guests because like even something like human design, we're like, okay, we need to go back to square one, understand Mm -hmm. every single thing and, and then move forward. So it's just really fascinating that we both share that same. Yeah. Yeah, which is like so fun because like it just means that an area where you can play in together is that like investigative piece, which it sounds like you guys are doing so naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was the foundation of starting the podcast is just the fact that we wanted to learn more about this stuff, and we both were learning, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to share that. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. amazing. Well, that was awesome. I don't know. I feel like so inspired now. Just like, just like validate. I don't know. It's just kind of peeling back the layers to your point of like who you want to be, aka me dragging myself to things when I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just really cool to to hear about our different designs and then to how they work together. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, of course, you know, I do. What I love about human design is that, and I might've said it earlier, is that like, it's never about like changing who we are. It's just like giving ourselves permission to like be ourselves, you know? And like, mm-hmm. you probably like weren't at those parties being like, I love this, you know? <laughs> you're probably just like, why am I here? You know? And yeah. so like having somebody who doesn't know you just be like, don't go to those parties when you're not in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> it can be such a relief because it's like, oh yeah, I like have felt that. I just like needed that permission because like it felt like maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Doing that or staying home. Yeah. No, totally. I think it's all about giving ourselves their permission to be who we truly are. So I and, love that. And like not trying to fit into this box that, you know, we're told that we need to fit in for our whole lives. Like you need to do this, you need to go to college, you need to get this corporate job, you need to like, you know, work right. nine to five every day and that's it. And so like mm-hmm. this, I feel like really opens up a whole new world to, you know, how people really interact with one another. And mm-hmm. like now I'm ready to go and like look up my boss's human design. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. 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 same and like these additional layers Mm -hmm. too like I had known um the high level type but I didn't know you know like the 
specifics that we just went through. So mm-hmm. like now the lines and everything. Yeah. Did not yeah. And those are so cool because those are just like your unique strengths. Those are like what really make you you, you know? And so it's not like there's that much tactical stuff you can do once you learn them, but there's a sense of like, oh yeah, like that's what I bring to the table. And so when you really like recognize when you're doing that in your life, it's like, oh, I'm really on track in doing that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Well, um, for our listeners, where can they find you? How can they work with you? Give us all the details. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, my website is erinclairjones.com, Claire with an E at the end. Um, And my Instagram is that as well. And right now I do do individual sessions and those are in person or by video. And so you can book on the website. Um, But I also have an offering called Blueprint which is I hand make a 30 page PDF on your unique design, kind of going through all that we went through today and like way more and giving you kind of tools to really integrate that into your life. So I think that's like, honestly, an amazing place to start. Um, And there's more information on that on my Instagram or website as well. So cool. And you mentioned if people want to look up their human design, they can do that through your website, right? ErinClaireJones.com slash look up. Perfect. I'm so excited. I actually... (laughs) Just side note before we go, I um, just had a niece that was born like two weeks ago um, and I looked up her birth chart (laughs) and so I was explaining it to my sister-in-law and she's like, oh my gosh, she's already doing these things. (laughs) It's a baby. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, honestly, like it's so amazing for us to all discover human design later in life and like really do the work to come into alignment with our design. But like when you start to introduce it in childhood and in parenting, it's so profound because it really is like giving these kids and these babies that are coming into the world, like permission to be who they are from day one. And like, you're going to parent designs differently and you're going to parent different. So it's just like, it's so powerful. I look up all my friends' babies and it's just Mm -hmm. like really beyond fascinating. Yeah. I think that's my favorite part. And like, how lucky Mm -hmm. are these kids to be able to like know their (laughs) true selves? (laughs) Yeah. My God, totally. Um, Yeah. So it's definitely an exciting time. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. Yes, We're so excited you. to get this out to our listeners. I think they're going to find it really intriguing. Um, as always, you can find us at detoxandchillpodcast.com, on Instagram, all of the things. Um, we are having our event in LA coming up soon. So go get your tickets for that. It is on June 15th. And we're going to be talking about sexuality, empowerment. We're going to have all the CBD mocktails we're gonna have an aphrodisiac cheese board and veggie board it's gonna be bomb.com so go get your tickets thank you for listening we love you so much bye bye, guys. bye. <laughs>